Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. Well, as part of the commemoration of 100 years since the armistice that ended World War I, the Australian War Memorial has opened a special exhibition, After the War, to explore the impact of all conflicts over the past 100 years. The assistant curator of the exhibition, Dr Kerry Neal, says that while the end of the First World War didn't bring lasting peace, it did certainly bring a need to commemorate and reflect on the cost of victory. The exhibition tells the personal stories of hope, loss and love from generations of ordinary Australians whose lives have been touched by war. Dr Neil, welcome to Open House. Thank you for having me. I'm interested first up to ask you, as you compiled all of this material, uh, did the accumulation of it have some sort of impact on your own uh, sense of being, on your own soul, as it were? Oh, look, I think all of us who were involved with this exhibition would say that it was one of the most emotional journeys that we've had working on a special exhibition in, in the memorial. Mm. Um, obviously, we're looking at stories of grief and loss over a 100 years. And whether you've suffered a loss in your family yourself, I think most of us can relate to the idea of what that sort of loss would feel like. So I think it did start to take a toll after a while. We, yeah. uh, we could all feel these stories um, becoming very much a part of the reason that we wanted to work on this exhibition. Wow. Yeah. So how did you go about compiling it? What we looked at really was stories where you could see ripples from one person's involvement and active service in the war out through their families. So we looked at examples in the collection where we might have the mother's and widow's badge of someone who had served or the next of kin plaque that was sent back to the family of some of a family who had lost someone in war. All right, so can you tell us about a couple of those families whose story you think is... Um you know, sort of typical of, of what Australia has been through. We're looking at every conflict that Australia has been involved in. Mm. And so what we found were stories where we see repetition um, throughout the conflicts and the consequences of those conflicts. So, for example, we have the Mothers and Widows badge of Mrs Mary Reedy Peterson from the First World War. And on that badge are three stars representing the three of her sons who didn't return home. Mm. And then in the Second World War, when the government again issued these mothers and widows badges, we have the story of Mary Hutchins, and she saw seven of her sons head off to war. And we have her female relatives badge with the seven stars that represent those. Mm. But then we have her mothers and widows badge with the four stars representing her four boys who didn't come home. Mm, mm. And so you sort of get the, it's the same loss, it's the same emotion no matter Mm. what conflict we're looking at. And as you say, you're looking for ripples about how that moved out from those events to affect the family and the community Mm -hmm. around them. Do you see other ripples also the same? In In a sense, yes, because we're looking at families who have either lost a loved one, but also those families where the serviceman or woman has returned home, but they've obviously been affected by their war service and what they've seen and experienced. And that does come through to the next generation. So whether it's their children or whether it's the nieces and nephews, even if they don't come home to their own families. And so we've got an example um, in the collection, 
an artwork that was commissioned for this exhibition by the artist Benita Eli. And what she's created is this beautiful piece that's shaped like a machine gun, but it's made out of a Singer sewing machine and bobby pins. And it's her reflection back on her father's service in the Second World War, mm. and she describes him as a man who came back quite broken mm. and with what she describes as undiagnosed post-traumatic stress. Yep. And it was her mother who kept their family together. Yep. So she'd supported the family with sort of a, a sewing service through the war, and that was how the family kept afloat. And then even in the post-war, the mother's care of her father. Um, you see that the daughter has experienced that in her own way and it's infected her childhood and also now into her artwork as an adult. Do you know, as you speak, the stories are so familiar. That Mm. that story I could point to many families I know, including my own, where where that is just the story, that is the story um, of one side of the family and you, you well actually both sides of the family now that I think of it. Oh right, yeah. And I think that's what people will find when yeah. they come to the exhibition is that it there's something that ev- almost everyone can relate to. Yeah. As you say, they're familiar stories, but what we've tried to do is bring it down to very much a personal level. There's a lot of little vignettes, a lot of little moments where you come across a really simple object. For example, we've got a biscuit tin on display, a really simple biscuit tin from the 60s. It's got the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the Opera House painted on it um, that were being built at the time. And that was sent over to Vietnam with Anzac biscuits that the Mm -hmm. family had baked for a Mm -hmm. serviceman over there. Mm -hmm. But he never got to open that tin and eat those biscuits. Mm. Um, He died on service. And when that tin was returned to his mother, she never opened it. And it's become a memorial to her son, Terry Hendel. And it then came through the family to the memorial, and we won't open it either because it is that memorial. Wow, that's very powerful. Very powerful. Um, The emotional connection and the sentimental value of an object like that that is so ordinary and everyday Mm. but has such power in its story. Our guest on Open House is Dr Kerry Neal. She's the assistant curator of the exhibition After the War at the Australian War Memorial, just an incredible place, and by the sounds of it, just a spectacular exhibition for the 100th anniversary of the Armistice. Were, were there other objects that sort of took your breath away when you when you first saw them? There's almost every object that's in this <laughs> exhibition, I could say that about. Yeah. But we've got a few objects that have come in just recently, um, Not that we solicited them for the exhibition, but just through the right timing came into the collection. And so, for example, we tell the story of Hugo Throssell, the VC recipient from the First World War, who in the 30s then took his own life, um, basically as a consequence of what he had seen and been through and what his post-war life was like. Mm -hmm. And while we were working on the exhibition, um, family of, of Hugo Throssell actually came into the memorial quite unexpectedly with this beautifully framed portrait of Throssell that hung in his mother's house. Um, So she she had lost her boys to the war, um, had suffered in her own way, and as a memorial to him, we've got this beautiful portrait um, in the original frame that she had hung in her house. So many, many families that go back to that generation will have in there somewhere sitting on a mantle 
a familiar picture of someone in a uniform because the army took photos, portraits of these men and women, and and there they were. And I'm looking at the moment of an image from the web that has a a wall with all of these pictures assembled yes. next to each other. Now, yes. what's really interesting about this, it's, it's this um, uh, dilemma or paradox in some ways. Everybody is, in a sense, uniform because they're dressed in a uniform. That's the whole point of, a, mm-hmm. of an armed services, isn't it? They're all the same. Yep. And yet every single one of those is an individual with ripples, as you've put it so beautifully. Mm. And isn't that a paradox? It is. It, and that's one thing that we've really tried to highlight with this exhibition. So putting together a collection of, say, the next of kin plaques. So these were memorial plaques that were sent out to all the families who had lost someone in the First World War. They mm. were government issued and there were tens of thousands of them when we think of 62,000 Australian dead. Mm. So we could put thousands of those on display in an exhibition like this. But what we've done is selected a handful of them that have been personalised in some way by the family. Mm -hmm. So whether they've been framed with a wooden mount around them or they've been um, wall-mounted so that they could perhaps be hung um, in the the family living room. Mm. Or in one case, because they were bronze plaques, They've had um, legs attached to it, so it be- it becomes a trivet. So what you could put a coffee cup or a teapot on, yeah. and it's that sense that they are all uniform. The next of kin plaques were sent out to every family who had lost someone, but then the families have had their own grief and their own way of coming to terms with that, and have personalised these objects in that way, which adds great richness to them. Mm-hmm. Now, Dr. Kerry Neal, you're you're a historian by background, yes, and yep. I know you told me that you're an expert in heraldry and <laughs> technology. Yes, now, that's the section that I work at. Yeah, so yeah. technology is, you know, tanks, missiles, all that sort of stuff. I suppose, mm-hmm. isn't it? Heraldry interests me. Uh, I mean, what you've just spoken about, someone who's personalised a uniform object so that it's personal to their grief, is that included in heraldry? It absolutely is. So yeah. heraldry, in in terms of a definition, um, back in the, I guess, the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages, we've looked at heraldic symbols on things like um, badges, on flags, so crests that were on um, armour, things like that. Mm. But in our interpretation, it becomes much wider than that. And so the section that I work in, Heraldry and Technology, looks at all the uniforms, the badges, the buttons, the sweetheart brooches, the sort of non-military objects that have a military connection, Mm. um, as well as the technology. So that's the personal equipment, Mm. it's the weapons, it's the vehicles. Um, So it really is quite quite an (laughs) (laughs) all-encompassing section. And what of Bibles? Yes, um, Bibles fall under... Two areas at the memorial, really. Um, obviously, they are part of uh, published records, so they might be held in our research centre. Mm-hmm. But we also have examples that we hold in the heraldry and technology section as objects rather than the written word that's contained in them. These are objects then that perhaps were carried by someone in their pocket and actually stopped a bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got Bibles that have a bullet wedged in it um, that saved someone's life. But it really seems it's a surprisingly common um, story. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, the, the number of lucky, what we call the, the near misses and the lucky misses, um, we could, again, put together an exhibition just looking at those. 
Yeah, yeah. Yep. And the fact that it's a Bible. Well, that's that's interesting. As I understand, I was speaking to the curator of museum, a curator of museums, um, recently about mm-hmm. um, the fire in uh, Brazil, wasn't it? Yes. Um, yes. Tragedy there, but the state of the art apparently is this idea that an object is not just the object, but it's the it's the way it was used, it's the person who owned it, it's the use that they, it's the meaning that they gave to it, and Absolutely. what you're displaying is all of that sort of rich richness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's all about the provenance. It's the stories behind it. Um, as you say, it's very much the the individual that used it. Um, I mean, I feel quite privileged in the role that I have that mm. when I'm working with these objects, it's a tangible link to the past, um, whether that past is the more immediate past, there's something mm. coming in from Iraq and Afghanistan, mm. um, or something from 100 years ago, when you look at a mess tin that somebody ate their meals out of in the cold, wet muddy trenches, Mm. Um, when I work with those objects, it's a tangible link to their story and to that person. Well, I I just thank you that you've uh, provided a a very tangible link to us, uh, to the stories of those people. Oh, my pleasure. um, It's been great of you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Stephen. Dr. Kerry Neal, you get the impression she really likes her job, don't you? Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.